Good morning, Gator Nation. Happy Tuesday and welcome to episode 35 of the In All Kinds of Weather Forecast. We did just release our Cotton Bowl preview yesterday. And although we did know that Florida's pass-catching unit would be somewhat depleted for the Cotton Bowl, we are now in a completely different world. Because throughout the day on Monday, we had several key playmakers opt out. And now the team that the Gators are going to suit up on Wednesday night against the Oklahoma Sooners will look completely different from what we thought. I am your host, Dustin Smith, and you can follow me on Twitter at IAKOWDustin. And as always, I am joined by an all kinds of weather creator and founder, Neil Schulman, and you can follow him at all kinds weather. Casey is en route from Fort Lauderdale to Atlanta, so he couldn't be with us today. So Neil, it's just the two of us again. You ready to go through this? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, we're, well, we're recording this on Monday night, so I guess I can say the word today in the sentence I'm about to say. I've right. officially anointed today as Black Monday because pretty much what could go wrong has gone wrong for Florida. I mean, I mean, not not totally. The team hasn't completely opted out. We're going to suit up a team of Florida Gators to play against Oklahoma on Wednesday night, but it's just felt like what could go wrong has gone wrong. Anyway, uh, as Dustin mentioned, we did our main preview of the Cotton Bowl already. Most of that show is still relevant. About, I'd say about 85% of that analysis still stands, especially the pieces that dive into the Sooners as a team. But now... Obviously, with all the opt-outs, some of our thoughts on the game are going to change. Yeah, Neil. So, you're right. While much of what we discussed it on yesterday's pod was fully relevant, and it's still pretty relevant for this upcoming game, we would be completely remiss to not bring on the record our thoughts to the breaking news that has taken place. I mean, we'll get to it in, in just a few minutes, but... When four of the four leading pass catchers on the Gators are no longer playing, that's a super big deal. So while this is going to be a brief podcast, this is certainly a necessary one. But before we get to that necessary content that you guys are all waiting for, Neil, take it away with our, uh, our sponsorships. So as usual, we're proudly partnered with the Gator Good Foundation, the nonprofit organization that works to send an underprivileged Gator fan to the swamp, at least in non-COVID years. Um, In this COVID year, we've been reduced to a virtual campaign, which is actually now going to be a virtual campaign in early 2021. In typical 2020 fashion, Fanatics involuntarily canceled our order, despite us never clicking a button or sending any type of indication that we had any desire for them to do this. So anyway, we've got our winners picked out. We've got the gear that we want to send them picked out. And we've even got a couple of other surprises in store for them, but that's been placed in the holding pattern for now. For further updates, you'll want to be following our social media handles, which are at the Gator Good on Twitter, at Gator Good Foundation on Instagram, and the Gator Good Foundation on Facebook. Second, we are proudly sponsored by Stingray Branding. These folks will put a sting into your marketing and they'll deliver results that will wow your clients. 
whether it's web design, logo design, branding, graphic design, social media management, search engine optimization, marketing strategy, or mobile app design, Stingray Branding has you covered. If you or someone you know needs professional help in any of the above, here are two great reasons why you should choose Stingray Branding. Number one, it's a veteran-owned business. I never could think of a better way to properly thank those who serve our country than by giving them business. And two, it's run by a Florida Gator fan. So yes, they do great work, but they do great work and they're owned by a Florida Gator fan who happens to be a U.S. veteran. To learn more about their services and rates, go to stingraybranding.com. That is stingraybranding.com. And with that said, let's get back to our main points of discussion today. First, very quick thing, shout out to Keontae Johnson, who has rejoined the Gator basketball team as an assistant coach as he continues to recover. Of course, his season as a player is not going to continue, but it is great to see him remaining involved to some capacity with the Gator basketball team. So best of luck to you, Keontae. We're still rooting for you. We're still praying for you. Keep getting better. And we hope to see you live the best version of your life that you are capable of living. We want to, of course, emphasize the, uh, the word volunteer assistant coach. Right, he has course. not... He's not left his uh, his spot as a college athlete to um, to be a paid coach. So, just just uh, keeping that on the record for sure. Uh, but for sure. we're certainly thankful that he is part, and he's continuing to be part of the program. I mean, every every additional uh, item of good news that we get from his situation is always uh, it's always pleasant considering. Where, we're, where we were at just a few weeks ago. So, Neil, For let's sure. uh, get right to it, to our breaking news. Yeah, so uh, oh, this it'll, it'll be painless if we just go through it. So I guess the best way to do this is to, uh, to go through chronologically what happened on Black Monday, as I've called it. Um, again, we knew Pitts was going to be missing. We knew that that was going to leave a fairly – big void, but we thought, okay, well, we haven't had Kyle Pitts play in almost half the games this season. We can survive without him. We think we're going to have everybody else available for us in the Cotton Bowl on Wednesday night. And then Florida fans started started getting some bad news. First one was Trayvon Grimes, who announced around noon or so that he was going to be opting out of the bowl game in order to prepare for the NFL draft. We thought, okay, well, you know, Grimes is great, but we've still got Kadarius Tony. We've seen Kadarius Tony in some practices for the Cotton Bowl. It was recently a Saturday. He was in, um, I think, I think the Gator football account posted a few pictures of him at practice on Saturday. So we thought, all right, well, we'll have Tony, Mr. Explosive. We'll, we'll, we'll be okay. And then a few minutes later, Tony opts out. So now Florida is down their best tight end as well as their two best pass catchers in terms of wide receivers. So now we thought, well, all right, that's not good, but at least we're going to be able to use Jacob Copeland because Jacob Copeland has been someone who has stepped up and produced granted in flashes in spots. He hasn't been as consistent as Grimes or Tony this year, but he is someone who has definitely seen adequate playing time for us to think, well, okay, he'll be Trask's favorite target. We'll survive. Then it comes out that he's not going to play because he has tested positive for COVID-19. And then 
you know, somewhere in between there, there was uh, the news that broke that Marco Wilson was going to be opting out of the Cotton Bowl to focus on the NFL draft, to which I say, uh, how, do, how do I put this nicely? That is either a non-story and complete immaterial or addition by subtraction for Florida. You know, as we say, every time we have to say something that's not so positive, we keep it respectful here. Marco Wilson, I have no reason to believe you're anything but a stand-up young man. You've, I mean, again, like I've, I've told the story on here about how your parents were calling you one day after we just beaten Vanderbilt 56, nothing. They wanted you to hurry up so they could take you out to dinner. And um, you, Marco said, no, 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 let me sign this couple more pieces of of memorabilia for some fans. You know, you didn't have to do that. So I, I have nothing but respect for, for that. But in terms of what he's put on the field this year, it's just, it hasn't been good. It, It has not been good. So keeping it real means acknowledging that, you know what? We'll be okay without him. We'll survive just fine without him. It's all the other opt-outs that have me and, and Dustin and a lot of other Gator fans worried about what's going to happen on Wednesday night. Because in our original Cotton Bowl preview episode that we dropped on Monday, we were talking about how the Gators have an explosive offense that's going to have to put up a lot of points in order to beat Oklahoma. But now we're wondering, well, do we? Do we have an explosive offense? I don't know. Do we, Dustin? So first off, before getting to that, it just just to kind of convey what it was like from the and all kinds of weather forecast headquarters, with one item of breaking news after another, it just seemed like all calamity was breaking loose. And internally, you know, Casey and I and, and Neil and I were like, okay, okay, Copeland, at least at least we have Copeland. He, He's going he's gonna to do a pretty good job. This is going to be Copeland's game. He's going to rise to the occasion. We'll be fine. And then, of course, we find out that he tested positive for COVID. And obviously, we, we wish him all the best. You know, he's he certainly, in our thoughts and prayers, we wish him a full recovery um, and that he can uh, get back to, back to normalcy as quickly as possible and that the, um, the aftermath of his – of, of his uh, COVID symptoms or, or whatever, whatever he gets from it uh, won't impact the, his playing future, both at Florida and ultimately in the NFL. So first off, I do want to say that. As far as our ability to play offense, to answer your question, Neil, it's super hard because what made this offense click is how in sync the receivers were with the quarterback. Um, I know, I know. We've heard several times the the um, the old adage: uh, "It takes two to tango." And in offensive football, especially in the pass game, it does take two to tango. You need a quarterback and a and a wide receiver group that are on the same page. So I'll just leave it at this. I, I think it's absolutely critical um, that Kyle Trask and his receivers are on the same page, and because his entire starting three wide receivers plus the tight end. It, they're all not playing. Kyle Trask is playing with 100% backups, and that is going to take a hit on the offensive production. I don't care if you have uh, Joe Namath playing quarterback. I mean, Kyle Trask is great, 
but anytime you lose all three of your starting receivers, that is going to hurt the play on the field. And, I, and I'm concerned. We'll talk about it more, but I am concerned about that. Are, are, are you with me, Noah? What do you think? Well, I, I think the first thing that's important to point out is that the talent is still there for Florida. The talent is there with Justin Shorter. The talent is there with Baby Hendo. The talent is there with Kimori Gamble. And the talent is there with Keon Zipperer. We know that there are still guys on that field who are going to be suiting up and lining up in the place of Kadarius Toney and in the place of Trayvon Grimes. We have guys who are talented enough to make differences. The thing that makes me worried is what you mentioned in sync. We don't have guys that are in sync with Kyle Trask on the other end of that quarterback to wide receiver connection like we did when Tony and Grimes and Pitts and even Copeland were all out there catching his passes. So, I mean, Florida's got the guys who can physically match up with Oklahoma. It's the fact that we haven't, the fact that we don't have guys who are as used to being on the receiving end of his passes. That's got me a little worried here. Yeah, Neil, you're exactly right. I mean, obviously Hendo, baby Hendo, incredibly talented, uh, borderline five-star, Justin Shorter, five-star coming out of high school. They're both great receivers, and they're both going to be wonderful for the Gators moving forward in their career. The, let me just say this. This is a game where as much as we want to see Kyle Trask uh, have the game of his life in what will probably be his final game at the University of Florida – unless he decides um, against all odds to come back for another year. Um, This might be the game where you want Emory to play because uh, I mean, I I'm not privy to how Dan Mullen and and the, and the Gator football team uh, practice, but most football teams, they have, they have uh, a group of ones. That's your, that's your starters. And then you have your groups, your, your group of twos. Now, the starters typically take 60 to 70% of the reps um, during game week. And then you have your twos, which take 30% of the reps, 30 to 40. Now, who is throwing to Baby Hendo? Who's, who's throwing to Justin Shorter? Most of the time, it's, it's not Kyle Trask. Most of the time, it's going to be Emory Jones who's making those throws. So we might see a little bit more of Embry Jones playing, and that might add an element, not just of the, uh, the pass game, but also the run. He, he, Embry Jones single-handedly enables the what little run offense we do have. He enables that. So, Neil, what do you think about that element? What do you think about our opportunity to use Emory and how that open up the run game? Yeah, I mean, Emory Jones is someone who, like I said on the pod yesterday in the our, our initial Cotton Bowl preview before I, we knew we were going to do another one, that, I mean, look, he's a great fit for Dan Mullen's offense. He naturally fits what Mullen wants to do, and using him unlocks a completely different dimension of the offense that Kyle Trask, for as wonderful, as sensational as he's been, just can't do. Kyle Trask is not the runner that Emory Jones is, and that's something that Mullen likes to do and, and has always liked to do. And 
there, there has been a lot of buzz from Gator fans saying, yeah, you know what? Kyle Trask, thank you very much, but let's play Emory. Might as well, because these are the guys that he has gone up with in practice all this time, and he's going to be the one who's going to be at the controls next year. Let's give him a head start on next year. Let's go ahead and let him get that experience with the guys he's going to be throwing the ball to, and let's let him develop some of that synchronization that we just talked about. But ultimately, you, you can't do that to Kyle Trask. You, you can't do that to Kyle Trask. He's a Heisman finalist. He just had the best season statistically in Florida Gator football history. He is a, a lock for the Florida Gator Athletic Hall of Fame. Should have been a first-team All-American. That got released today. That was another bit of railroading done by the, the lamestream media. I'll try not to get too political, but, you know, <laughs> that, that happened. That happened. He got screwed by the AP. He got second-team All-American, as did Kadarius Tony. while Mac Jones – who uh, had no shortage of targets to throw to and make him look good, got first team. So, you know, uh, but you can't do that to Trask. He, he deserves so much better than that. He deserves the ending to his career that he deserves, and that's not getting benched for the Cotton Bowl. You, you can't do that. You can't even – I'd say you can't even diminish his role. I would say let's not even give Emery – more reps than usual in this one. Let's let Kyle Trask finish his career the way he wants to, because he's earned that. He's done so much for this brand. He's done so much for this logo. He deserves to go out with a bang. Neil, ideally, I couldn't agree with you more. At the same time, it just makes sense for the quarterback that's been throwing to Xavier Henderson, the quarterback that's been throwing to Justin Shorter. The majority of the year, it's important that that those guys are the the ones that um that are being put in the game, and if that means Emory Jones is going to get some throws, then so be it. Now that's not to say that that Kyle Trask hasn't thrown the ball to the two receivers. I would assume that there's a rotation, especially in different individual periods in practice. But this is definitely a changeup. Now we saw how the tight ends did um, in the absence of Pitts. You know, I look for Keon Zipperer. And uh, and Gamble, I look for both of them to have a great game. You know, I mean, they're, they're obviously not Pitts. We're not gonna we're not gonna expect them to make plays like Pitts makes because I mean, Pitts is a generational talent for the University of Florida. We've never had a guy like him at the University of Florida, and and uh, you know, we're talking about the same territory of of uh, Ben Troop amongst other tight ends that have played at the University of Florida. So no, we're not expecting. Um, zipper or, or, or gamble to play like that, but we are expecting them to make sound catches. We're expecting them to uh, not turn over the ball, to to get first downs, and if we can do that, uh, we'll give our, ourselves a chance to win. Yeah, no, I mean those are again like like we like I said with uh, with Baby Hendo with shorter talent isn't the issue. Now they're not Kyle Pitts talented, but Zipper and Gamble are very, very good SEC-level tight ends. It's not like we're going from Tim Tebow to John Brantley to Skylar Morningweg here. Like, we've still got some very good tight ends and wide receivers who are going to be on the other end of Kyle Trask's passes and who are stepping in for those experienced guys who opted out slash tested positive for COVID in Copeland's case. But it's just the, the being in sync part. It's the lack of synchronization between the two that has that has me a little spooked. 
So that's what we think. As we usually do on most pods, we are going to reach out to our listeners and get to hear what they think. And I'm going to read two tweets that stuck out to me. One was from Grawl. I think I read his on uh, two pods ago. At Alex Grawlick 1K, who said, surprise, Marco officially announced he was opting out. He's been missing since September. I will have y'all know that we got about a dozen or so tweets about Marco Wilson regarding his status and relationships with shoes and how he's technically been opted out since September and how he's been socially distancing from wide receivers from September and so on and so forth. The reason that I chose this one is that it was the first one to come in in less than 12 seconds. The second one I'm going to read is from Joseph Blau, I believe. Joseph Bluff. I'm sorry, Joseph. I don't know how to pronounce your last name. I I know people who pronounce that name both ways. So uh, I'll I'll take a guess. It's at Joseph Blau 4. He says, sucks for the fans, but I completely understand. You just can't replace all that offensive output with backups and expect the same results. And I chose that one because that is pretty much where I stand with this. We have talent in the positions that have been decimated by opt-outs slash COVID. It's just you can't replace it all at once and get the same results. You just, you just can't do it. Like Florida's going to be fine in due time with Baby Hendo and with Shorter and with Kimori Gamble and with Keon Zipperer in place of Kyle Pitts and Trayvon Grimes and Kadarius Tony. but it's not going to happen overnight. So – I know it's good that these guys are going to get reps, but patience. And I think we will be fine there in about nine months or so. And now I think it's going to be prudent to read Casey's commentary on this issue because unfortunately Casey could not be with us tonight, but, but we do like to include his thoughts and takes on our podcasts as much as possible. And in this case, he texted us his thoughts and here's what he said. As I said yesterday on the podcast, I wish nothing but the best for the senior players who have decided to focus on the next step of their career. In addition with today's news, obviously my thoughts and prayers are with Jacob Copeland as he deals with COVID-19. Trey Grimes has an incredible NFL career ahead of him, and I'm excited for that. Finally, I hope Marco Wilson keeps his feet on the ground and other shoes there too as he mercifully moves on. Final note, Gators wide receiver coach Billy Gonzalez has quietly made quite the name for himself in terms of players that he coached who have been turned into NFL players. 2020 saw Freddie Swain, Van Jefferson, Tyree Cleveland, Josh Hammond on NFL rosters, and 2021 looks to have Kadarius Toney on his way to NFL stardom, as well as Trey Grimes, potentially. Yes, it is disappointing as fans to see these players cut their playing career short for the orange and blue, but we should all be grateful for the time we had them sporting the Gator head on their chest and root for their successes at the next level. Go Gators. Casey, that's pretty much where I stand. Um, you, ha- you had to take a shot at Marco right as he left, didn't you? You couldn't have, uh, couldn't have waited a couple of days. This, this feels like a, a, an instance of too soon. But, yeah, essentially that's where I stand. Dustin? All right, Neil, thank you so much for taking the time to read Casey's comments. And, again, we're super thankful for all that Casey's brought to this podcast. So let's get right to 
the, the closing part of this pod. I know we already did the verdict on yesterday's podcast, but I mean, when an entire position group is decimated, to say the least, I mean, your top four pass catchers, one by one by one by one over the course of two weeks, either opt out or cannot play due to COVID restrictions. I mean, it's going to change how the game goes. So, so Neil, I know we've already analyzed this game, but we're going to go ahead and uh, add on some analysis because of all that went down. Neil, do any of the opt-outs or in uh, – Copeland's case is, is COVID diagnosis. How do, does that change any of your analysis for the game? I, I, I think that it's going to diminish Kyle Trask's passing numbers somewhat. I don't think he's going to throw for 400 yards. Again, I think he might throw for 310 or 315 or so, but th- th- there are going to be miscommunications here or there. I mean, we, we saw against Tennessee, he had a couple of miscommunications with some of his top wide receivers. Like he had a miscommunication with Pitts in the red zone and that was only because there were, what, 25,000 fans screaming for his blood. So now with his backups, you figure stuff like that might happen. Florida might not convert a third and five because someone breaks the wrong way. Someone like Justin Shorter might run a dig route when Trask is expecting him to run a sluggo. And then Trask throws an interception that gets taken back to the house or something like that. Or we saw against Georgia where Trask threw a pick six because baby Hendo ran the wrong route. That was literally an example of receiver and quarterback not being on the same page. And it goes from a potential first down reception to Kadarius Tony to seven points for the Georgia Bulldogs because baby Hendo drew an extra defender into the area when Trask was expecting baby Hendo to lead that defender away from the area where he was going to throw the ball. So I think something like that's going to happen along the way. To me, the key thing is now when you have those miscommunications between receiver and quarterback, it's an instance where you don't have a receiver breaking open so quickly. So that means that that's just that much longer that Kyle Trask has to sit in the pocket and look around And that means that Nick Benito and Ronnie Perkins now have that much longer to fry Gene DeLance and get a free sack of Kyle Trask. Yeah, yeah, Neil. Last time I checked, uh, Gene DeLance is not one of the opt-outs. So I'll say that that that's probably going to cost Florida some points along the way. I think that also might result in an easy turnover for Oklahoma and yield them some free points. So the key is limiting how many times that happens, A, and B, how cataclysmic those instances turn out to be. Like, not all turnovers are created equally. So the one against Georgia where Baby Hendo draws a defender in to the area where Trask is throwing the ball, that's seven points for the dogs. So if we're going to have a miscommunication or some kind of mix-up, let's not have it directly result in seven points for the Sooners. Now, as for what you're hinting at about, does this change my analysis of the game and my prediction of the game? I, I, I don't think that it changes my outlook of the game significantly. I don't think it changes it drastically. I think it does change it slightly now. And whereas yesterday I said Oklahoma would win 38-34, I think that the lack of experience in the wide receiver position is going to in some form or another yield Oklahoma with a free turnover. And now I'll say Oklahoma wins 45, 31. 
Yeah, Neil. Um, well, first off, I, I just want to say this. It, it, it's going to be it's going to be difficult. I, I certainly believe that Kyle Trask can rise to the occasion. If there's any quarterback that can uh, go against the grind and and uh, and uh, combat the odds, I think it's Kyle Trask. I think he's done it all year. I think he's done his entire career. I think he's done it from day one at the University of Florida. Um, day one as, as a starter, I should say. Okay? And But it's going to be hard. Um, I know every week I always mention something with the turnover battle. In order for Florida to win this game, they can't just have an even turnover battle. They, they need to win the turnover battle. They need to force an interception. They need to force a fumble. They need to do something. Now, I know Florida only lost to Alabama by six points. And Florida actually lost the turnover battle against Alabama, if not mistaken, by one. All right. So I don't think as good as Oklahoma's defense is, I don't think their defense is as good as Alabama's defense. But it does hurt that Florida does not have those four receivers, uh, Pitts and the, and the three. Um, the three starters that it's going to hurt. So the Gators have to, have to, have to win the turnover battle. And I think that speaks to both sides of the ball, offense and defense. And it's going to be really difficult. And I, and I, I believe in the Gators and I hope the Gators win and they have the heart and the energy um, and they have the talent to beat Oklahoma. You know, and anytime you're comparing talent on both sides, no one's thinking that Oklahoma is severely more talented than Florida. It's pretty even. And uh, if, if one team would have to be more talented, it'd have to be Florida. But with that said, I, I want to be wrong, Neil. And, and you know me, I'm always the guy that, that picks Florida, even, even against uh, maybe what you would pick or Casey would pick. Um, but I'm going to have to go with Oklahoma. and. I'm, I'm still going to – I still think it's going to be a close game. Um, I think it's probably going to be a game where, where uh, like the Alabama game, Florida trails um, much of the game, if not the whole game, and uh, falls just short. Unfortunately, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick uh, Oklahoma to win uh, 41-37 in a heartbreaker. I want okay. to be wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but – that's that's my uh, my best guess with all the information we have. Can't say I blame you. So Neil, um, as we uh, bring this thing to close, do you have any other insight or thoughts you want to bring forward? Uh, I mean, I get it. There's there's a lot of anger revolving around the opt outs. Um, at the end of the day, these are these are the players' decisions. If you're in the position of being so talented that you can make millions in the not so distant future, you got to do what you got to do. And there's absolutely no justifiable reason to be mad at the players for that. And I've noticed that a lot of fans like to throw the word selfish around when they're discussing the players' decisions. I mean, we're, we're talking about kids who have grinded their whole lives in many cases from very underprivileged backgrounds who go to school don't get paid a penny for their labor and now they see the light at the end of the tunnel like ooh money i can get paid for this thing i'm really good at i mean 
you can't fault them for that. Like you can't call them selfish for wanting to zero in on their childhood dream. If anyone's selfish, it's you because it's their decision. Like, come on guys. Like, not cool so yeah i i've seen a a bit of that and i did feel like that was worth calling out and and listen as a fan myself i'm plenty disappointed that we won't get to see grimes or tony or even kyle pitts play one more time because i would have really loved to see them go out with a bang in the cotton bowl but i can't fault them for it in the slightest bit It, it is their decision and you know if if you're really a florida gator fan you gotta respect it so that's that's really all that I had to say about that. I mean, it, it wasn't too many fans. It was just a select few. And, of course, as usually is the case, it's those irritating few that you remember. But, yeah, just, uh, just felt that was a responsible thing to do was to put a mention of that out there. So, you know, I, I wish you all the best. Uh, Cope, I hope you get better quickly. I hope you're not experiencing – too miserable of symptoms um hope to see you back on the field next year but yeah guys let's uh let's go out and and prove dustin and i wrong and casey wrong by the way casey's new projection is 42 33 oklahoma so let's go ahead and prove all of us wrong yeah we man we would love to be wrong oh man like we were saying yesterday uh we we would I, I, we would all love to see Neil eat his words, and I would love to eat my words too, and, and so would Casey. Uh, just had sushi today, and, and uh, as good as that tasted, I'm sure, I'm sure eating our words after a Florida victory would taste a little better, a little sweeter. Words for so, dessert. Sushi for dinner, words for dessert, right? How about that? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Dustin, before we call it a show, there is one more tweet that came in that I feel we have to read. So, like I mentioned, we got a bunch of uh, of different tweets about what Marco Wilson was doing with shoes and when he actually opted out as opposed to today. There's one that I feel I got to read now. It's from at RothLD2002 who said, Marco has a shoe-throwing contest that day, meaning on December 30th, so he couldn't make it, and that's why he opted out. And <laughs> that, <laughs> that one actually did make me laugh. When I first saw it, I had to mute myself and, and laugh out loud because that that was pretty good, L. Roth, uh, or at Roth LD 2002 So now that I'm done interrupting you, go ahead, Dustin, take us home. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> take us home, Dustin. <laughs> so I know, I know we had a, quite a bit of negative to bring on this pod today, but it's always great being a Gator fan, and, and if, uh, if you ever want to feel bad for somebody, then – Again, like we talked about yesterday, go ahead and check out that video that, that Neil made about uh, how terrible FSU is. That'll, that'll, uh, that'll add some solace to uh, the negativity that we've experienced today. Um, so, yeah, that's about all we've got for this edition of the In All Kinds of Weather Forecast. If you've enjoyed our show, please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and a nice review. On the behalf of everybody at the In All Kinds of Weather Forecast, I want to thank you all for listening. We hope you stay safe, stay healthy, and that especially goes to our friend uh, Jacob Copeland as he re- quickly recovers from COVID-19. And uh, we hope on the other side of this we have a, a Gator victory. With that said, go Gators! Go Gators!